one tip that I always tell my mentees is create a deck. And so create a PowerPoint or Google slide that answers the question. So tell me about yourself. And I have a five minute Google slide where I just run through every single company I've been at. And I just say, this is what I did. Here's my tech stack. And here is here are the problems that I solved. And I did that for every single one of them. And they loved that. They loved that. So that's for interviewing. I would say that's a big one that nobody's doing. Welcome to the Tech Guide Podcast. I am the show's host, Ryan Atkinson. Everyone is wanting to break into tech and have a successful career. The only problem is how? We'll use this podcast to sit down with those that have broken into tech, pivoted their career, or have actual advice to young working professionals. Today, we have Christian Bordeaux on the podcast to talk about how he started his career in marketing and then pivoted to data analytics and how his first role after that was with Warner Bros and Nike and Netflix, PlayStation, Activision, all these big names he has worked in a data analytics career for. We also talk about what you can do to stand out in the interview process. We always hear about top of the funnel advice. And Christian gives great top of the funnel advice on how he had a conversations with managers at like Amazon, the Netflix, Facebooks, Googles, but also how you can move down in the interview process by following one simple idea that he has. You'll definitely have to listen to that. Make sure to follow or subscribe to this podcast and share with any other friends that may want a tech guide. You can also learn more about us at techguide.org. We have Christian Bordeaux on the podcast today. I am so pumped for this conversation. So welcome, Christian, to the podcast. Super pumped to have you here. Oh, it's back to be here as well. Your background is like, when I came across your LinkedIn, I was like, holy crap, this guy is big time. Because you've worked with Warner Bros, Nike, PlayStation, Activision. You're now with Netflix, rocking the cool Netflix sweater. You are on video. We're going to talk about all of those. But I, I'm really curious, what was like the coolest benefit like you received at like any of those companies? Oh, coolest benefit. I will say that PlayStation had the coolest swag. Like they were telling me swag all the time. It was during the pandemic. But I will say that Activision had the coolest, the coolest benefits. Like I got to go to all of the, I got to go to this thing called Call of Duty Next, where they brought 200 of the biggest influencers in Call of Duty. And then they just played in one place. And I got to, I got to be there and just observe it. So, and get to meet all my favorite Call of Duty players. So that was, that's a perk that's like, you know, treasured in my heart. So definitely that. Yeah, that sounds like some really cool stories. And we'll talk about your time like with Call of Duty. I, I'm super excited for this. This will be good. But I want to start back in like 2017 before we like really get into it. Because you were a digital marketing and me media buying coordinator that you then pivoted, become a business intelligence analyst at Warner Bros, which is a heck of a pivot. Take us like to this time, really. I'm curious, like, how did this pivot happen? And like, where did, where did it all begin? Perfect. So pretty much I got my bachelor's degree in marketing. Um, so I got a marketing job. So I, I worked at this place where I had to buy media ads. I had to create copy, create, create the ads too, like the photos, essentially create display and search ads across LinkedIn, Twitter. And that was pretty much my job. And um, so I had to write a lot of copy. So we had personas and it was like, all right, cool. Talk this way, talk this way, talk this way. And at the end of the day, what I had to do was provide a report saying how effective was my marketing. Yeah. So we were selling conference tickets 
So these tickets were like 600 to a thousand bucks. And so I remember getting my first sale and I was like, oh my gosh, a thousand dollars off this Twitter ad that I made. And that was, that was pretty cool for me. And so at the end of it, like we had a CRM database where we, we were able to just, um, take out all this data of all of our people that went to the conferences and right. kind of like say, Hey, 20% are CEOs. These are big people. This is the way that they want to be talked to. So that really helped me like in that type of data analytics, like it helped yeah. me create content. So pretty much that came to an end, um, kind of an abrupt end. Well, they finished the conference and then they're like, all right, cool. Like, thank you so much for your help. And then I was on my way. So. I decided from then on, I was like, dang, can I just analyze data for a job? And I worked it up and data analytics was a job. And I was like, oh, I love being in Excel, making pivot tables. Wow. So that's when I decided I want to try to do something more. Cause like making ads was kind of like, I get it, but if I don't love what I'm making, it kind of just felt like a lot of work. So. I told my boss, like, hey, I want to become a data analyst. Please give me any kind of referrals and stuff. And what I started doing to start pivoting is I started learning on LinkedIn Learning. Back then, it was free because I just got out of college. So I did that. I, I tried to learn Python, but I couldn't. Like, I, I tried and downloaded it, and I didn't know you were supposed to download Anaconda. Google Colab wasn't a thing back then. So I just thought I was never going to be able to code. So I just focused on SQL. Uh, I just focused on Excel and Tableau, and barely getting by with Tableau. But anyways, I start knowing, I start learning what these tools are, and I actually go to a networking event. I went to a lot of them, like because I wanted to break in. I wanted to like be where the tech people were. So the story on that was I went to. I was part of the American Marketing Association for Los Angeles. And they, I was a volunteer and they actually ran an event called data analytics and marketing. <laughs> and they had some startup and startup people there, but also had Warner brothers there. We had the VP of business intelligence and pretty much like I had downloaded all of their LinkedIn's. Yep. I took notes as they were talking on my printed piece. And afterwards, when they did questions, I had really thought out questions. If I had ChatGPT today, oh my God, that'd be intense. <laughs> I was essentially doing what ChatGPT would do. And I asked them really solid questions like, hey, what does it take to get into this? And they all kind of said the same thing, create a portfolio, show me a good resume and show me that you can analyze data. And like, you don't really have to be taught too much. But anyway, so I talked to the VP of business intelligence at afterwards. And I was like, I really want to, my dream job is to do what you're doing. I want to work on movies. I want to work in entertainment and do data analytics. I want, I know Excel, VLOOKUPs, and I even know a little bit of Tableau. And when I said Tableau back in 2017, I mean, it's been out for a while back, but like it that piqued his interest. He's like, oh, Tableau, we do makeover Mondays. And pretty much he's like, yes, can I put me on LinkedIn, send me your resume sent him my resume, write that in there. And I got a call the next day. The call the next day was a senior analyst. And he's like, pretty much said, hey, you know, the VP really liked you. I'm just here to interview you. And pretty much the way I talked through my past experience as a digital, digital marketing person, I didn't even talk about making ads. I just said, hey, as I analyzed ads in order to improve my marketing copy as well as, you know, get more ticket sales. And they love that. Then today, like literally, it was like, I got a call 
the conference was on a Friday. I got yep. the call on a Monday. And then Wednesday, I got an offer to go work there. And then they said, hey, well, we want you to come in next week. And the funny piece was, was that like, I had just started at a marketing agency that week. Oh. And we got to offer us another job. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. And so I had to quit that job. Right then, I was literally on my lunch break. I was just like, oh, okay, great. I sure. can start this week. And then I just, I just quit. And I'm just like, all right, cool. And it was like twice the pay as that, that current job I was in. And that's pretty much how I landed at uh, Warner Brothers. It, it was originally Machinima, then it got acquired. So then, yeah. So that's why it's kind of a, a fun little piece. I also was part of acquisition. Yeah. That's like so cool. So started out with like, oh, like I'm just playing around in Excel and like, oh, I really like Excel. Like I'm actually going to go like learn like these advanced like formulas and like Tableau and whatnot. And then it just snowballed into effect where I was like, I have the experience here. I can prove that I can do this. And then Warner Bros. all of a sudden says, hey, come work for us. Yeah, it was it was crazy. And one thing I also want to say is that that was a like I did two contract jobs. Something that I see around is that people are like, oh, I don't know if I want to do a contract job. And for me, it's like it's been so great to do all these different contracts. And we'll dive into all of that later. But so this was a contract job at at Warner Brothers, but it was a year long contract and they just kept extending it for whenever how long I needed. But but yeah, so I got a contract job. And it was a W-2 contract, so I was just getting paid hourly, and I just log it. But, but yeah, it was super worth the experience. Yeah, let's talk about, like, taking a contract job, because I think it's an interesting way to, like, break into a big tech company, as you did. Take us through, like, what were some of, like, the worries about, right now, like, what would be a worry about taking a contract job? And, like, why would you push someone off a ledge and say, take this contract job? I would say, like, one, you get, typically, you get paid more for a contract job that I've seen that I that I've experienced like like my peers were making around like 50 to 60,000 a year just like salary plus benefits and stuff but I was coming in already like making 80 to 100,000 a year and I'm just like well like I'm W2 so it's not like I have to pay 1099 tax and yeah and like Plus, like, I don't have to fight for, like, I don't have to negotiate as much. I mean, there's there's wiggle room to negotiate, but it's like, what you see is what you kind of get. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I would say it's easier. It's a way to get in, too. Like, especially because the first job is always the hardest. I'll tell you, like, the second job wasn't any easier. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, that's super interesting. I'm also curious, because, like, we look at, like, your resume, and obviously you like a phenomenal background but you also got a master's certificate from usc in data science and data visualization take us through like going through that process how did you know you wanted to get a certificate um, in these obviously very high income high valuable <laughs> degrees like how did you know you wanted to do it so what's I'll the forced a little bit i Ooh. was put into a corner and let me tell you so Throughout Warner Brothers, I continued using my skills in Excel. They used Tableau a lot, but I didn't have to use it. So it was kind of just, I was still in Excel land. Interesting. But the software engineers and database administrators, like they were always like, oh, we can automate this. And I was just like, okay, then automate it. Why am I doing this for like my 10 months here? And so there was this kind of elitism there. And yeah. they were nice. They, like, they were like super nice. And like, they ended up like helping me like get more jobs yeah. afterwards. Yeah. But 
I started to understand. I was like, I'm an Excel ninja. I don't even need my mouse. But there is, I didn't know there was limitations to that. So I continued doing that for 10 months. And pretty much it came to a screeching halt when AT&T acquired Warner Brothers. And they laid off, they laid off, I, I think, 90 people out of 110 of us. Oh, so man. 20 people stayed. So I experienced my first layoff. And that was crazy because, like, we heard about it on a Tuesday and I was gone Friday. Oh, man. And it was because I was a contract, I'll say one of the negative sides, like, I didn't get any severance, but um, I did go on, on, on unemployment, which was weird because unemployment in, like, 2018 was more than what I was getting paid. So I was kind of like, this feels weird. Oh, wow. So essentially... During that time, I was laid off prior to the first two weeks. And I was like, all right, I need to get back on the... On, this is during this time, I actually went unemployed for nine months. Wow. And it was so hard. This is where I learned how to do like LinkedIn. I learned how to create a portfolio. I, I learned the importance of these things and I started action, actioning toward them. And this is what I read in most of my self-help books because I needed help. <laughs> You can see if you're watching this, the video. It is my largest collection out of any of them. It's a great But pretty much, I ended up getting into a three-month, like a month six to nine. I was in a three-month interview with Disney. I was going to take less pay for the same exact job that was at Warner Brothers. And I just didn't get it. And that was the, the straw that broke my back. I was just pretty yeah. much, I want to learn how to code. Because every time I try to watch a tutorial... I can't even run my hello world Python script. Mm. And so, um, so I decided, you know what? There's this boot camp available. I'm going to put the rest of my life savings towards it and all the money I got from the government. And I was living with my parents at the time. So I was like, I'm just going to double down and go to USC. And that's, that's how I arrived. That's how I arrived to, to do that USC boot camp. And I lucked out. I would say the, the worst part about boot camps is you never know who your teachers are. But I had, so there was a teacher and two TAs, but really there were three teachers in my cohort, like because the other two TAs were, were training to become teachers. Um, and they were at, they were at like really, like one of them was at AWS. The other one was at a startup that IPO and he became yeah. a millionaire. And the other guy was from a bank. So my teacher selection was really great. And I had a very good experience. Yeah. So what was like the real like value of this boot camp? Because I know on another podcast, you mentioned that. And you also said the best value was like the connections you made. So I don't, I don't know if I just took like, the answer away from you. But uh, like, what are some like, what was like the biggest benefit? If someone's considering, should I go to a boot camp? What are some of the benefits that you experienced? Yeah, I'm I'm actually a very strong proponent for boot camps, but you just have to know where where the bad things are. The bad things are in bad teachers. Like I ended up becoming a TA after I finished, and I saw teachers that were literally not even data analysts. They were web developers trying to teach data analytics. It was it was not good. So beware of the teachers. But the great parts about boot camps that I really liked was the camaraderie. I was in person. So just being able to go onto this beautiful campus and just hang out with everybody. And we're all trying to do the same thing. Yeah. So that was cool. Second was like the, the structure and format. This was the most like, like drinking from a fire hose was an <laughs> understatement because 
like we were just flying by like we were just like oh hello world one day next thing i know i'm importing all these modules i have no idea like just they're like just write it just write the import pandas as pd i was just like i don't even know what this means <laughs> and so it was just at a neck neck breaking pace so i would say that like a boot camp they also had so technical wise like a boot camp they teach you like just enough so you can learn deeper but yeah. you're not going to become an ml expert you're not going to become a data visualization expert they're going to provide you the foundations for success and then you, like it's actually give you a foundation so then you can go into ml engineering machine learning data analytics and data visualization which i really gravitated towards because there's just so much impact that can be made but i would say yeah those are like the top reasons to go so social aspect and just really just just learning the stuff and plus you have somebody there helping you so which is something you can't get very well like i did all my stuff online learning and it was tough yeah what are some to help sniff out like a bad boot camp do you have any like guidance on how you should know it's like like oh this is actually like a bad boot camp is one you should look at those syllabus but a lot of them are the same stuff they're always going to cover python so make sure they're not teaching matlab if they're teaching matlab and they're teaching primarily r i would say that's probably not a good boot camp you want to see python you want to see man it's, I, I bet you they would have chat gpt now yeah. um and stuff that's like actually relevant. So that's one. Two is research the teachers. Like look up their LinkedIn. If they don't have a LinkedIn, then it's already sus. Look elsewhere. And then last but not least is when you when you take a boot camp, you know, that's gonna be a certificate on your LinkedIn. And you want it to be like the only reason I went to USC was because of the social proof that USC provides. Yep. And you know, and that's what I knew because I was like, there's General Assembly, which you can learn this stuff. And I, it's, it's a great program. A lot of friends go through it. But I'm like, it's General Assembly. People know what USC is. They know what UCLA is. They know what, you know, Berkeley is. So to me, like those, those were the more beneficial pieces. And plus, like whenever I go into a new job, especially when I was at Netflix, like all, all of them went to USC. So we were able to talk about it. Granted, like it is just social proof from persuasion of but like free book. Yeah. And so that that would say that that is the last key there for camp. Yeah. Okay, sweet. So another question just regarding just kind of basically some of this boot camp. How do you know if like you should take a boot camp? It sounded like you like you want to take like a next step in your career and like understand just like analytics more, but like how should you know if like a if you should do a boot camp or not? What are some of the factors someone should consider? Yeah, I would say exhaust your free options. I would say study what you can on your own. And for me, I just got so frustrated. Like I could not pay any Python. I couldn't even get Hello World to work. Um, and it, like, I remember like my first two weeks of class where we're setting up Anaconda and setting up Jupyter Notebooks. I was like, oh my God, I can actually like write code. And I could do a loop and, you know, all these things that I learned and I was able to pick it up really fast now because I finally can do it. I couldn't even start without yep. the camp. So, um, so yeah, I would say after you've exhausted all your free resources and really cheap resources, like I would highly recommend jumping into a boot camp. Plus like one thing though, it's, it's expensive, but like everything that you learn in a boot camp, you can learn on your own, but I'm pretty sure you're going to learn a whole lot faster in a bootcamp because like it is just so fast. 
And you have people there that hopefully know <laughs> what they're talking about. That's why I like to check the teachers. Yeah. And it goes back to like your social proof. I mean, you can learn on your own, but if you don't have like a USC, Berkeley, anything like that, it makes it a little bit harder maybe to sell. Yeah. Well, that's where the importance of projects are. And I'll definitely, I'm going to be a big piece to this whole college piece. But yeah. Yeah. What are like, I love talking, it's been a common theme on these past few podcasts. People are like projects, projects, projects. So I was like hearing like what projects, if someone's wanting to like break into data analytics, um, they know a little bit, they can do it. Uh, what are some good projects to like start working on? Oh my gosh. I am a project person. So I I'm, I'm all about them. I love so it. I guess I'll just tell a story. So pretty much I finish up my bootcamp and my final project, I decided to do it on Tableau. And I just used the most basic data set that comes with Tableau. I used the Superstore data set. But what I did differently was I created like the coolest dashboards that one could make. I, I went on Tableau Public and I looked at all the really cool ones that use crazy LODs and very technical things, but That's made true. it look really nice. Looked at IronViz. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make something awesome and actionable, right? Because really a dashboard's purpose is to provide some insight to make a better decision somewhere else. So they need to be, there's exploratory dashboards and then there's like data-driven decision-making dashboards, type, like actionable dashboards. So that was my goal. I wanted to do that with the Superstore data set. And, you know, I would say the, the tough part about doing privacy, like sometimes it gets over ambitious. It's like, I just wanted to focus on that piece. And that's what I did. I pretty much built that. I built five different Tableau dashboards and they all had very specific use cases for them. And I put it into a PowerPoint deck. I'd say I, but I had my whole team. We all did it. It was like a team of five of us. We put it into a slide deck. We, we said, hey, here's the business problem and here's how we solved it. And here's the dashboard that, and an example of like how to use it for, to get sent answer. So that, that really set me apart. Like what pretty much as I was leaving my recap, I already had interviews set up. Um, I had interviews with Paramount. I had, oh, sorry, I had offers from Paramount Pictures, Mattel and Nike. And pretty much I showed them, I each showed them my project and I got like Tuesday was Mattel. I got an offer right on the spot. Then Paramount, I told Paramount, it's like, hey, I'm already taking an offer from Mattel. I got an offer on the spot that was Wednesday. And then Friday, and it, it was like my third interview with Nike. And I told them I'm already sitting on two offers and they love my project. Yeah. And pretty much from there on, they, like, that's when I knew that projects were king because I essentially just solved what data analytics should be doing. I talked, I talked from everything from creating data pipelines all the way to creating uh, data visualizations. Right. Even though I might not have known, like back then, I didn't know like, all right, cool. I don't know how to do IM roles and AWS or anything, but yeah. I understood the purpose of having a data warehouse and having that data be pushed into Tableau. Um, and so I talked about, there was a lot of the theoretical things, but pretty much that's what I do with my Tableau projects. And then at the end of it, pretty much I was able to negotiate across those three offers and I got Nike to go from 90,000 to 120K a year. And I wow. broke my first six figures within, I would, I got it in December, 2019. And I had, my last job was at Warner brothers. And that was like the end of 2018, I think. So I was able to, I was able to do it. And I was like, wow, 
And I've used that project for every single job afterward. So even, even Netflix. Yeah, that's amazing. You kind of, I, I want to ask this. So like, but Nike, your first, like you, it's your first, like, I mean, Warner Bros is amazing as well. So like Nike's like another one, just stack that on top of like a heck of a company to work for. And then PlayStation, Activision, Netflix. You said like this project has like really anchored a lot of the ways that you've broken in, but like, what are some of the other ways that, um, other ways that have gotten you like your foot in the door and like actually got these interviews? Like what tips do you have for people that want to be like, shit, I want to work for Netflix. (laughs) Well, you know, I like to think like one thing I learned in marketing is the T-shaped marketer where pretty much you have your breadth and you have your depth. So it's important to understand what breadth can do, right? So. I would say the most common stuff is make sure your LinkedIn is SEO optimized, search engine optimized. Essentially, you know what keywords you need to know for your job. Like data analysts, you need to know. You need to have Excel, SQL, Python, and Tableau. Yeah. Power BI. One of those one of those five tools. I would say Python is the least important for data analytics. It gets more important as you start doing data engineering. Yeah. But like having those keywords on your LinkedIn, on your resumes, and really just like, maybe even taking a step before that, it's like, understand how the recruiting process works. Mm. Um, I did so many interviews, but also I like watched so many videos on how this process works. There's an applicant tracking system. If you're applying to jobs, then you have your third-party recruiters, which are just trying to find people yeah. the bill. And that's where you want to really optimize your SEO because when I was at Nike, that's when I just started getting DMs at least once a week from recruiters saying, hey, come work for us. Hey, come work for us. Um, and that's where like pretty much after Nike, I hadn't, I didn't apply to any of these jobs. They wow. just to me. Yeah. So LinkedIn, your resume and your portfolio. And really I'm going to just say double down on LinkedIn again. Like, yeah, it, it is just so good for like networking and also just finding professionals to, in- to and last one is informational inter- like right now, like I actually did this a lot, except I didn't record it and put it on Spotify and everything. I wish I did because I got to meet and talk to some of the biggest people in LinkedIn, uh, Google, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix. And I just did the same exact stuff that, that you're doing. And so I just did that a lot. Yeah. So what did you, to have those conversations with people at like LinkedIn, Amazon, Google, can you kind of, I mean, you have a marketing mind here as well. Like what was like some of the messaging that you got that you said to get them on the call? Like, was it a specialty or is it just coffee chat? Yes. I, I tailored every single response, which is now like, if I were to do it today, it would be so much easier to chat GPT just makes it stupid. Yeah. But essentially. Like I'll say the one the one I did with that Netflix, I just looked up anybody that so I graduated from Cal State Long Beach. Yep. I looked at anybody that went to Cal State Long Beach or USC and did they work there? And essentially everybody that went to Cal State Long Beach, I I had a I had a tagline like it's like, hey, um I really love what I don't know what exactly was the first line. I was just like, hey, well love to connect. Did you know that Cal State Long Beach is no longer the 49ers. We're Sharks now, LOL. And then like pretty much like start the conversation there. And really, I was not pushing for like a Google Hangout or a Zoom immediately. It was really just like developed this back and forth. And I got to meet this one woman from uh, Netflix. She was a manager of, of analytics. 
And then I just got talking to her. I was like, oh, like I'm really, I'm really considering like big fang companies. And she just watched me through. It's like, hey, these are how levels work. These are how other things work. And I was like, I'd love to jump on a, a Zoom. And then she was super open to it. And later on, I figured out that she's actually my boss's boss here at Netflix. So it was just kind of cool. That is so cool. So it was, I like how at the, like the first message, you didn't really ask for anything. It was just kind of like a fun fact, like, and it makes it easy because it's a long night. So I think that's a really easy trick that people implement as well. Find a yeah. little the company you want to work for. <laughs> so that was one trick. And I also, I, 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 my friend, my friend, Jonathan Javier, he's part of his company, One Salty. Yeah. And so like a lot of the stuff that he says is like, yeah, dude, I was doing that. And then he just like crystallized it across social. And I was like, dude, I did a lot of those things <laughs> and they work. So, yeah, that's amazing. If you, so if you wanted to give advice to people, um, to break in these tech companies, it sounds like a lot of it is like LinkedIn, reach out to people. That sounds like from a marketing sales perspective, that sounds like a lot of top of the funnel activities, like really open this thing up. But as you get down to like, actually like the offer, um, what are some of the ways that you stood out during like that interview process once you got in? Yeah. So definitely you need to make sure like anybody, you got to book on the top of the funnel first, because yeah. if you have nothing to work in the middle, then it's kind of, you kind of like stunning how to do interviews before you even have your LinkedIn made doesn't make any sense. So yeah. assuming, yeah, assuming now you know how to apply to jobs, you know how to cold DM and you're getting people in your pipeline. I will say the interview process, one tip that I always tell my mentees is create a deck. And so create a PowerPoint or Google slide that answers the question. So tell me about yourself. And I have a five minute Google slide where I just run through every single company I've been at. And I just say, this is what I did. Here's my tech stack. And here, is, here are the problems that I solve. And I did that for every single one of them. And they love that. They loved that. So that's for interviewing. I would say that's a big one that nobody's doing. Yeah. I love that because that's like really cutting through a lot of noise. It's like, hey, let me share my screen. I'll just walk. Is that what you did? It's like, hey, let me share my screen. And I'll walk you through all my past experiences. Yeah, pretty much. I just like, like they introduce themselves like, oh, I'd love to introduce myself. Boom. I just put it up there. I don't even ask. I just do it. And I say, hey, this will be like five minutes and yeah. I'll go through it. And just like, hey, I'm this, 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 and this is where I want to go. So I'll say mm -hmm. my past, where I am now, because I'm always at a company, and then and then say, hey, this is where I want to do next. And then, you know, I'll tailor that for like whatever job it is. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, of course, that's my next question. So like when you went to like Netflix, of course, and you're like doing this PowerPoint, it's like, I want to go next here to Netflix. And it's basically like, what did you, what did you put in that slide? Yeah, so... So when I first met with the, so first it was a tech recruiter. Then I met with a hiring manager and in the hiring manager, I just did my basic slide. Like, Hey, I just really, I want to move back into, to IC roles. While I was at Activision, I was a manager, but mm -hmm. I wanted to move back. This role was an individual contributor role. And I wanted to move back into that. Cause I found that like, I'm really good at what I do and managing people was, was really fun. I found it really gratifying. But then, you know, Netflix just like, like doubled my pay and I was just like, oh, I have to work less. I mean, yeah. so, <laughs> so I learned a lot from that hiring manager interview. So when I went into the panel interview afterwards, I knew I had a that way better idea of what they're actually looking for and was able to 
take that and just just run with it. So what did I do for Netflix? They wanted somebody that was very business oriented. So I even pulled up dashboards, like my dashboards for um, just like my portfolio dashboards. Yeah. And I walked through how I made it because they're also a top low house. So, you know, that really helped them. Like, just like this, this is the guy. Like I focused on like, I want to become more of a business analyst, more create pipelines. And yeah, now I do that every day and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm just like trying to like pull like stuff out of here of like what I'm hearing. It sounds like something that like stood out to you. <laughs> we got into Warner Brothers and like even Netflix is you're able to visualize the data like really well, but you're able to like tie it back to like business outcome or like how this in business. And is that something like you have to like learn or is, I don't know, like, I don't know the data analytics world. Do people do that? Or is that like taking the next step? So maybe I could answer this with a story. Stories. <laughs> and so this, this is like, so now I'm going to go into Nike. And this is what I say whenever I do my, my, my interviews. So like at Nike, we have, I'll tell you like, here's the value of data analytics. We have two guys We're getting paid around a hundred thousand a year each. And they're spending the first five hours of their day doing an Excel report. So then by that, like they wake up at 5 a.m. and they finish around 10 a.m. Yep. And that 10 a.m. is our old hands meeting, like every day stand up, where they talk about they talk about the data. So I worked at Nike's photography factory. Mm. And so they would just send a bunch of shoes to us. And their report said, hey, you're expecting to see this many shoes like today, tomorrow, the next day. So it's a very important report. So they would spend, you know, 10 hours a day, because it's two of them, right? 10 hours a day for five days a week. That's that's 50 hours worked towards this project, around $50 an hour. And that's, you know, probably like $50,000 a year is going towards this, this the, just this one report. So after a month, I get in there, I... Yeah, I'm learning like, okay, cool. We could put this into a data warehouse. We could get an API calls to pull it. And pretty much after a month, I figure out how I sit there. I watched them do it for five hours. We recorded it. And then like, I was able to see everything. I was able to take that five hour report pretty much every day. Automated to refresh every 30 seconds. Oh, and man. In a Tableau dashboard versus an Excel spreadsheet. So I just automated like a $50,000 a year job, essentially a little bit more. Yeah. And that to me was like, okay, that's crazy. And now those people were able to go and automate more reports and like essentially move away from doing the bunky work to like, hey, like how can I drive business insights? So now this is where the value gets kicked in is that like by the end of my time there, I had automated 70 of these things. So my hundred thousand dollars was like, you know, like justified in, in my mind. I was like, that is justified because I probably created millions of like dollars of work because I was efficient. I knew how to use data warehouses. I knew how to present data that like Nike is primarily a design company. So that worked in my favor. as far as like, cool, I get to really like cut my teeth against UX people because they're always like, they shouldn't use this color. Yeah. This. And they're very particular about fonts and everything. So I got, I got to learn how to tell a story. And because we see it every single day, yeah, it was one of those things where I'm like, all right, how do I make this as simple as possible? 
And this was stuff that I kind of learned in school, like data visualization. I mean, I have all my data visualization books. I would say this was the, the big book and dashboards was like the best one because Sorry. they just have, they have every kind of dashboard in here and you just could run with it. So, so yeah, to conclude with that thought, it's really like the power of data analytics is not only can you code, not only can you do these things, but ultimately you have to provide value and you have to showcase that value because nobody can, like nobody cares how long it takes. What people do care about is like, can it help? And now I get to do that all the time. And now like at Netflix, I have a hundred, like my consumers is around 170 people and I am the analyst and the data engineer that's doing all that. So it's nerve wracking, but also like, dang, I get to provide insight into this, to this team, but I'll take a pause there. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, we are coming now to an end here. It's been an awesome conversation. We talked about like starting out as a boot camp, your pivot, going to like the boot camps, your advice there, working for all these huge companies. You reflect on your career and like some of the biggest things that have stand out. You've had obviously had a successful career. Can you just give us like some general overall advice you'd give to someone who is young in their career? And they said like, hey, like I want to do great things in my career. Uh, what would you say, Christian? Yeah, if you want to get into data or honestly any kind of career, what I recommend is take a minimal viable product approach to this, this career line. Go and informationally interview the people that are working the job that you want. So that way you can figure out if that's something you want to invest in. For me, I didn't know how much money data analytics can make. I just saw like the first thing was like, oh, wow, they can make 60 to 80K. And then I went on levels.fyi and then I got my, really my eyes opened up and yeah, informational interviews and start learning with free stuff. And then once you get really into it, start going to networking events, get surround yourself by those people. And then like, don't feel bad to pay for things that you need to get like boot camps or even just online courses, like invest in yourself. All right. I love that. Well, Christian, thank you so, so much for joining us. Awesome conversation. I'm so glad we could get you on. So yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's been a pleasure. <laughs>